Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, you guys are getting ready for the S word. That's right, snow. (laughs) Yes, it's coming, I think. We'll see. But I'll tell you right now, it is not a cloud in the sky right now outside. Bright sun, nice breeze, but oh my goodness, is it cold. We had our first hard freeze since April overnight last night and it got down to 23 i believe so it's it's pretty cold the high it's right now it's like 43 degrees outside or 45 so we're shivering all right it's cold uh today when we're taping this is saturday is also bedlam which is the university of oklahoma versus osu or oklahoma's second university uh depending <laughs> depending on your point of view um and this game is notoriously bad for either ice storms or really cold weather, windy. But if it's clear and cold, that's that's a good thing because at least they'll be able to play and the weather won't necessarily affect the game too bad. Right. It'll just be cold. But yes, at least it's not. Yeah, you're right. It is usually like cold rain or sleet or something, but it's just cold today. So Yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie and I are both cheering for Oklahoma, so that's why we made the wise crack about Oklahoma State. But hey, you know what? Listen, the Cowboys, they're a great school. I'm a fan of Ricky Fowler, so um, still boomer sooner. <laughs> but so you mentioned that you guys just got into your hard freeze and you guys are possibly looking at snow. Bonnie, what is the forecast looking like for you guys um, in central Oklahoma? It's it's looking like it's Monday night is when the snow is supposed to happen, which I'm going to a Thunder game Monday night. And so we, you know, you have to walk kind of a long distance to the arena. So I'm not looking forward to walking in any kind of snow or any kind of precip, but you know, you do what you got to do for the Thunder. But yeah, it's looking like it's Monday um, up to an inch, probably not quite an inch. The last I saw the soil temperatures were like low fifties, high forties. So I don't know how much is going to really stick on the ground. It looks like it'll probably just be bridges that become an issue in the morning on Tuesday. That's interesting that you guys look at the soil temperatures. I know when we, you know, look at stuff in terms of like snow up here in the Pacific Northwest, again, usually it's because it's been colder for mm-hmm. longer, but that still doesn't necessarily mean anything. But with that said, you know, temperatures of the soil really do matter. We look at ground temps on terms of streets to see how much of the impact is because normally we don't ever think of, oh man, well, you know, it doesn't matter what the soil is because in a metropolitan area like Portland, it's all about the roads, and yeah. we don't use salt here, except in extreme cases. So um, that's why we look at road temperatures. But very interesting that you brought up the soil temperatures. So that's a uh, that's something new. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because especially because we're warm a lot of the year, and so the ground heats up, and it takes a little bit of time to cool down. Not as much time as water takes to cool down, but it does take some. So the fact that it's been pretty chilly the past couple of days and will be the next few days it might it might cool down a few more degrees by monday so we'll just kind of see you know winter weather they can talk about it all day long and you don't know what what it's going to do until it's happening you know what i mean it's 
that's hard to predict. Right, it, it really is. And, you know, I know that you guys have a bunch of little microclimates around the Oklahoma City area. We definitely have a bunch of microclimates up here in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. And you mentioned you guys had your first hard freeze. We had a soft freeze, if there is such a thing, where the temperature just got down right to freezing or just a little bit below, um, especially outside the city limits. But uh, it looks like that cold air is finally starting to make its way south. Uh, and it's going to be one of those things now that we get to, you know, what we call mile ride, where it's watching every run, every six yep. hours, trying to base a, a pretty much a best call forecast off of that. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about it because finally we have something interesting to talk about and look at more than, you know, four or five days out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm excited. And some some years it takes forever for any snow to happen. Some years it doesn't happen until January, February, you know. And so the fact that it's the beginning of November and we're getting our first hard freeze. But I, I think this is actually a typical time. It's the beginning of November to get the first hard freeze around here. But then to get some winter precip in the mix, you know. So the season's kind of getting going right away. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. With you guys getting the cold temperatures and Southern California is still pretty warm, um, we look at the Santa Ana winds kick up and we saw that happen uh, yeah. earlier this week. And it's a very, you know, scary situation that's happening right now, North of Los Angeles uh, around the thousand Oaks area. And in Malibu with two major fires that basically exploded uh, the last couple of days and hundreds of thousands of people have been evacuated. Thousands of buildings have already been burned. Bonnie fire season in Southern California is right now. And it's scary. If you've seen some of these pictures in the video, Oh, my God. The pictures are so scary. I saw this picture where the fire had already moved through this area and it wasn't there anymore. But there's all these cars just abandoned on the road, out in the grass, in the trees, and they're just all burned up. And like it's like something you see out of like The Walking Dead or something yep. like it is. So it was so scary and to see all these pictures of this fire. One random thing I just saw on Twitter a few minutes ago was the Bachelor Mansion was burned. Oh, really? Fire. Yeah. Interesting. Or I hadn't seen that. To, you know that. Not that that matters more than anyone else's house, but it's just sure. kind of interesting to, you know, to have seen that on Twitter just now. But yeah, that is such a scary situation. And honestly, I've never been near a wildfire like that. Like we've had them here in Oklahoma, but they're usually way, way out west. And so I've never really been threatened by a fire like that. And I couldn't even imagine. Like I don't even know what I would do. You know, it, it's funny when people you know think of Malibu, they think of multi-million-dollar mansions and you know really uh, you know wealthy celebrities and business people, and it's true that area is where a lot of the quote-unquote rich and famous live, and they work and they play. You know, they're not just all in downtown L.A. or in Beverly Hills, but um, when you look at Malibu, it's a very affluent community, and you know you just mentioned okay, so the Bachelor Mansion has now burned. Yeah. That area is prone to fire and it's been in a drought the vegetation is dry the soil moisture content is pretty much nothing and so when all it takes is a spark and a breeze and it gets going real quick you know you can go through and you look on social media go down the list of people who have had to evacuate or you know companies that have had to move people out um, in the media world there's a, a company called all access they cover radio and tv stories they have a malibu office where they're headquartered they had to evacuate yesterday um, wow. you know and you'd look at other people i know uh, friends of mine that work in radio that run radio companies that live in the area have had to evacuate a bunch of celebrities have had to evacuate and it's one of those things where you know, you were hearing stories of somebody gets a call at 3 a.m. in the morning. Hey, the fire's coming. 
you know, just be prepared to go by 6 a.m. It looks like the fire has gone away and okay, you know, you can return to life. And then 45 minutes later, you get the call to you have to evacuate. Now the wind has shifted. There's no, you know, real way to forecast the winds here. We know that they're going to blow offshore for the most part, but even then it's still pretty erratic. So, you know, if you're anywhere near the area or anywhere near, you know, Southern California this time of year, it's one of those things where you always have to kind of be vigilant because all it takes is one spark. It's so scary. And I mean, I saw video of someone driving like through the fire, like they were driving over embers and like burning twigs in the road, like fire feet from their car driving out of it. And I'm just like, it's, you know, fire moves so quickly that they could have left in time, but the wind. No, you're, you're totally right. It's just one of those things where, you know, you just, it's, it's amazing to watch, but equally as devastating yeah yeah it's just it we just look at and again you know i know that you know we've said it in past episodes but our hearts and prayers are with the people of southern california and they're not alone northern california right now had a wildfire uh that is still actively burning and it's you know raging out of control still up north in chico and again drought conditions a northerly wind pushing it to the south um you know, California's had their fair share of fires this year, and it just doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. They need something. And, you know, I thought that those Pacific hurricanes coming on shore might have helped Southern California, but I guess didn't do enough. And, uh, yeah, definitely hearts and prayers are with them for sure. Yep. Now, we talked about the fun of ghost 17 when it was launched and we talked about the technical issues that it had where half of its onboard imagery was having issues uh cooling down and they might not work well apparently the scientists at nasa and with noah have figured out a way around it and we talked about that um a couple episodes ago but bonnie the last couple days our satellites have been on the move and they, they are have. and they are starting to drift. Ghost 15, which is currently the Ghost West, um, wrapped up its move two days ago, or now three days ago, uh, into its new position to allow Ghost 17, which has been in a drift the last couple days, to start to make its move to its permanent home. And once it gets there here in a couple weeks, uh, we should have a fully operational new awesome satellite. That's so exciting. That's awesome. And, you know, when we look at the technology here and, you know, going through and doing the research for this podcast about the satellites, they're both going to operate. So 15 and 17 will both operate in the West Spectrum. They'll go through and they're going to basically operate in tandem. So you will have all this imagery from the new satellite while it still sits there and it's finishing up its testing. You'll have the operational satellite in Ghost 15, which will still send back images. But I found something very funny. While 15 and 17 are both operating at the same time, they're literally going to be bouncing information off of a third satellite that's just parked out there as extra and using their microwave downlink for it so they can make sure that everything's working. So um, we're not just like sending satellites up and getting the information directly back from them. We're using basically every single satellite we have to relay data for the new set. See, and that is just that's just amazing. It's almost like satellite battleship or something it's like you got to put them in a specific spot so that they can sync up and get correct data and get it back down to us and you know it's just such a complicated process so i'm so impressed with the people at nasa and noaa and everything that can 
figure it out and make it all operational. And now we can see things that are awesome. Like we can see the fires now with Mm -hmm. these satellites and we can see hurricanes better with the satellites and things like that. So that's just so awesome to me. I can't wait. I'm really excited to see 17 become fully operational. I mean, you know, cue the line from Star Wars. Oh, the battle station is fully operational anyways, (laughs) but um, I'm ready. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We have to have some fun. We're both science nerds. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are. <laughs> so you guys mentioned that you have, you know, snow coming up Sunday into Monday. What does the extended forecast look beyond that? After that, I think it's just going to be cold. There might be some other rain chances, but really Monday is the big show right now. And it's going to be an inch around here. The further northwest you get, it might be over two inches so it's not like blizzard or anything crazy, but it could be our first measurable snowfall. So people are excited. But then, of course, half the people are like, oh, they can't ever get snow right. Nothing's going to happen. I'll believe it when I see it. And I, th- I take all that stuff personal. <laughs> right, as you should. <laughs> so so we'll see. But I like it when it happens. And then I can just be like, hmm, yeah, it looks like it did happen. Hmm. Yeah, I told you so. <laughs> Well, up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, like I said, it's been cloudy. Uh, it's it's relatively cold. I mean, we've had lows dip down around, you know, freezing. Um, temperatures have been up into the 50s for highs, but not a whole lot of exciting anything around here right now. No big Pacific storms off the coast. Um, we're kind of in an onshore flow period where, you know, just got showers here and there. Or if you get lucky, you get a full true dry day. We just a lot of clouds and still cold, but... Um, the unfortunately winter doom is kind of set in where it's going to be gray more than you know blue skies for most most of the time until we get back towards spring but man you can feel the chill in the air uh i did play some christmas music at work on thursday night just to just kind of put people into the spirit i know we're way too early and we won't even talk about that right now but um yeah it's getting closer and all i can say is i'm ready Uh, Me too. Me too. And I'm telling you, this cold air is extending really far south. I mean, all the way down to central Alabama. I mean, you know, that's really far south. So it's pretty, pretty strong cold air mass coming down. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Monday will be interesting. So we'll see. Right. Could kind of really be the first true quote unquote Arctic outbreak of the season. So, yeah. We hope we have some more. Bonnie, it's been a pleasure. Again, another awesome edition of B-Squared. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.